You're listening to episode 134 of Alexa in Canada, The Voice Experience. Hey there, I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, one part physician, one part voice enthusiast, one big part Canadian, and one small part of our community, Northern Voice. Together, let's explore how voice technology is transforming our lives north of the border. Let's talk voice. Hey there, and welcome to episode 134 of Alexa in Canada. Thanks for tuning in this week. Today, I have a very special guest on the podcast, Stephen Arkonovich, Dr. Stephen Arkonovich, who is a philosophy professor, and he comes on to talk about his experience in creating skills for Alexa and for Bixby, and he also talks about his skill Big Sky, which is probably the most popular weather skill available for Alexa and Capsule for Bixby. I'm so pleased to be able to feature him here on the podcast. I've been meaning to have him on uh, for a while to introduce him to you, to the community Northern Voice, and finally, that day is today. So, um, without any further ado, let's get right to the podcast. This is the talk with Stephen Arkonovich. All right, Stephen, welcome to the Alexa and Canada podcast. It's great to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Well, it's great to be here. I am a big fan of you and your skill, and I've uh, been aware of this for some time now. And I've been wanting to get you on the podcast actually for a while. And uh, I, I imagine a lot of the listeners will be familiar with your skill as well. But let's, we'll save that. We're going to get to that in just a moment. Before we get to that, I'd love for you to take a few moments and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, so I'm Stephen Arkonovich, and I think most people know me as the developer of the Big Sky weather skill, um, but I have lots of other skills that nobody cares about, but that's fine. I have no resentment, just, you know, just wondering <laughs> how they're out there. How many skills do you have altogether? Any idea? I have like six, seven, eight. I took some off, like some of the really early ones because yeah. they just, I couldn't handle them. They were so um, atrocious. They actually <laughs> okay. took them away from the market, but uh, there's, there's still a bunch of them out there. All right. We'll get um, to that. We'll get to that. Okay, yeah. we'll get to that. What's your story? So uh, I'm really, I'm a philosophy professor at Reed College in Portland, Oregon. And I do Alexa skill development on the side. Um, so I'm part of the Alexa Champions program. I am part of the Bixby Premier Developers program. So you can get Big Sky on Bixby as well. Um, and that's, the, that's, that's what I do. So you know what question's coming next. How does a philosophy professor get into Amazon Alexa and voice technology? Oh, right. That is the question. Well, um, I think it was... Uh, a combination of a sabbatical where I really was trying to put off doing the research project I was supposed to do um, <laughs> together with a injury to my Achilles tendon that had me sort of like in a boot and sitting in a chair for a long time. Oh. Um, so those two things together made me like cast around for something, I, something else to do than what I should be doing. Um, and I got an Alexa device early on and I thought it was super cool. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just started wanting to hack around with it and have it do things that it wasn't capable of doing at the time, like play music through my stereo and stuff like that. Or even turn on and off the lights. It wasn't, I don't think it was capable of doing that at the time. So with like Q lights. So that's how I got into it. 
Oh, wow. So what was your first device then? Because this is, this is a while ago then. Was it like the big sort of yes. the traditional, the big tall cylinder? It was echo? the big tall black cylinder, right? Yeah, yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So yeah. um, as a philosophy press professor and a skill developer, those are somewhat somewhat different skill sets. Yeah. Um, have you coded before? Or how did you get into that? Or what's the story there? Yeah, no, I didn't. I hadn't coded before. Um, they're a little bit more similar than people think they are, just because the kind of philosophy I do is a little bit more technical. Um, so, you know, it involves some formal logic. And so, you know, working in a formal logic and working in a programming language, you know, they're not worlds apart. Uh -huh. um, so that was helpful. Uh, and no, I just, I got started because I, I've told the story before. I, there was, I wanted integration into my music server software. I wanted to be able to tell Alexa to play a certain album, a certain song that I had. Mm -hmm. um, I don't exactly remember how, but I got hooked up with a, an actual developer who was doing some early Alexa stuff. And he's, and he wrote some like really basic code to do that, um, which I actually paid him for. But then I looked and I looked at that code and thought, well, that's cool, but I'm not paying you, you know, that again to fix the code. Uh, I'm sure I could figure out how to, to modify this. And that's just how it started. Like once I went, started down that rabbit hole, yeah. um, I just, I couldn't stop. So. So is it fair to say that you're sort of a self-taught developer then? You learned all the coding on your own through different resources out there and that sort of yeah. thing? Yeah, no, that, that's right. I mean, I got like a kickstart because I took, um, the, I can't remember what the course was. Is There's this great online intro to CS course from Harvard. I think it's CS50, which is free. And you can just, you can take the course and submit assignments. And it's incredible. Oh, wow. So I did that as kind of like a kickstarter. But then after mm -hmm. that, it was just, you know, reading books and going to uh, stack overflow and asking questions and yeah. Great. Great. Oh, fantastic. And so what was your, do you remember what, which was your first skill that you developed? Yeah. The very first thing that I did on my own, um, was Hue lights integration. Oh, wow. Um, and there are some videos of me on YouTube, um, controlling my lights and <laughs> going on to like, and you know, I added like color loops and timers and all kinds of things that they still haven't really done yet. So, um, very interesting. So you were kind of uh, a pioneer there as far as controlling lights. Cause that's such a typical use case now. Yeah, it is. Um, but there was no way, I don't, there was no way for a third party developer to, to do it back then. Um, hmm. but yeah, that's right. So that's the first thing I got it to do was to control my lights. And um, then I did, uh, I did really like stupidly hard things in retrospect. Um, then I did like Evernote integration and Google Calendar integration. And oh, wow. like those are some of my early, early things. Um, and I still think the Google Calendar integration is available on the, on the skill store. You, that stuff is not easy to just kind of jump into. I know like I tried creating a simple skill myself and my first one was like a fact skill, right? Get Alexa uh -huh. to tell you these simple little facts. You're talking stuff a whole different level here for somebody that's just sort of learning and jumping into doing those kind of things. So that's, it's pretty impressive actually. Yeah, <laughs> so, well, yeah, I was stubborn and I had a little bit too much time on my hands during that period. So yeah. Um, there you go. <laughs> 
Very cool. So then your world changed when you released your flagship skill, we'll call it. Tell us about that and what that's what right. Oh yeah, right. So big sky, right? So this is my weather skill. Um, and it, like all the other skills, it was just something that I wanted to do for myself. Um, mm -hmm. I just thought it'd be cool to get much more detailed and much more um, sort of obscure weather information that at the time Alexa didn't do, but I have to say that Amazon has since upped the game a little bit. Um, <laughs> I think they actually literally copied me like week for week. I could, there was a period there where like I would introduce a feature and then, then and oh, I would wow. um, So, right, so I wrote that for myself so I could like make very specific weather queries, um, like what's the chance of rain in four hours or like what's the high temperature in the next three days or things like that mm -hmm. um, and released it. And I didn't really think much about it at all. Um, I thought it was cool that I published it. Um, and then I just noticed like over the next six months or so that people started using it. Uh, then it started getting quite popular and now it's just turned into, um, and now it's just turned into a thing. Um, I'm sure it's the most popular third party weather skill out there. Yeah, no, it's really, and, and like I said, I, I obviously tried, I tried it numerous times and yeah, you got tremendous detail in there. So where to go with this? You, 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 first of all, you, you raised a very interesting point a minute ago and you said first party, like Alexa, Amazon trying to sort of almost, almost seems like they're copying some of your features yeah. and yet you're a third party developer creating a weather skill. How do you, how do you feel about that? How do you reconcile that? Or do you have any concerns about what's going to happen in the future for people that are doing those kind of skills? And are they just going to get imitated and then taken over by Amazon or how to, what are your thoughts yeah, on that? Yeah, I don't, you know, I do, I do think about that. I do have features that are unique um, and it feels like things have settled down. Like they've established a certain feature set um, and I have a certain feature set. Um, but, you know, I, it's, it's a little bit tricky to, compete with a first party or a native uh, experience mm. with Alexa. I mean, I, um, you know, Amazon does like promote it and everything, but it's just the friction between just being able to say what's the weather and then having to use an invocation name. Yes. So that's a lot of friction. And so I think that's, that's the big blocker and um, maybe we'll make some progress or they'll make some progress on name free invocation um, that would help out. Right, right. So just so the listeners have a sense. So again, can you go through some of the details and what are the other things that you would comment on if they asked for the weather from Big Sky versus what they would get if they asked Alexa? Yeah, so I think there's a several things. Uh, first, Big Sky is hyper local. That is, it gives the weather for a very small area that you specify and not just mm -hmm. the, like a city or a larger area. Um, you can also add labeled locations. So you could actually ask for the weather at like the beach or at the tennis court or your mom's house or your vacation home or right. And so you can get personalized weather that way. You can schedule custom weather alerts. So you can, you know, just like on a mobile app where you could set an alert if it's going to rain in the next 24 hours, or if it's going to freeze, you can do that. Um, and in general, the forecast is just much more detailed. Um, it, it doesn't just, which is sort of what Alexa does. It doesn't just give you like the highs and the low and whether it's going to rain, it'll tell you a lot more detail or if there's anything interesting happening, hopefully it picks that out and, and gives you that information. Right. And this is available. Are, are you able to obtain weather for anywhere in the world? Like where does your data come from? 
So the right now it uses Dark Sky, the Dark Sky API um, that was recently purchased by Apple. So I think they're and they've closed it down or and are in the process of closing it down. So Big Sky will be moving to a different source of weather. Um, it does give worldwide weather, although uh, Dark Sky only provides hyper local weather for North America and the UK. So. Gotcha. Um, but the new weather source will provide hyperlocal weather around the world. So in a way it'll be a, an improvement. Uh, and I think a lot of what makes Big Sky popular is it doesn't just spit out sort of the, uh, you know, in a formulaic way, like highs, lows. And, you know, I, it does some analysis behind the scenes to find like interesting patterns. Mm -hmm. So for example, if the chance of rain is increasing or decreasing, or if there's a break in the rain or things like that. Okay. Um, so it's, not like you'll just be getting the same three pieces of information. Um, it it tries to find interesting features that you might want to know about um, and just let you know. For example, it's, you know, there's no rain predicted for the day, but actually the chance of rain kind of spikes a little bit around 11 a.m. You know, I might just let you know that, like, no rain is predicted, but, you know, at 11 a.m. actually the odds go up to like 35%. So it's, it's tough, right? So it, it looks for patterns. I mean, basically what I'm trying to recreate um, and still working on it is the experience that a person has when they flip through their own weather app on the phone, right? You kind of like scroll through the day and say, like, is there anything I need to eat, anything I need to know? Um, and so that's what it tries to do with the voice experience. Right. I noticed that today, actually, what you just described, sort of this conversational aspect to it. And I asked about the weather and it said, um, uh, you can't rule that out, but here's the percentage and it was quite low or that sort of thing. And it's just, it's more of a conversational type experience, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So great. That's, that, that, yeah. And I think that's wonderful. Um, now the other thing I wanted to ask you about, and it's a very timely uh, topic, I think is just at least from the, from the time we're recording this two days ago was Alexa live and they announced uh, a number of new features, really exciting features. And I'd love to hear your take on, um, that event, some of the more interesting features to you and how those maybe can be incorporated or some of your ideas, how those could be incorporated into your skills such as Big Sky. Yeah, wow. Um, it was, I thought it was an amazing uh, an event and a, an amazing set of features that they released. So off the top of my head, um, for developers, and also for users, I think Quick Links, uh, mm -hmm. this Quick Links feature they introduced where you can finally invoke an Alexa skill through uh, through the web or through an app or on a you know like through a tweet. I mean, I think that's going to be huge um, just to expose Alexa skills. Obviously, it helps for marketing, but that's just I mean that's great. Um, they introduced some new the NFI toolkit, which is the name free invocation toolkit, which again for both developers and users I think could depending on how it actually you know, is implemented could be great because then you can just, you don't have to remember in principle skill names or invocation names anymore, right? You can just say, you know, Alexa, I'm sleepy or something and it will play sleep sounds or what's the weather and it will give you, maybe it'll give you big sky. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so I think that's really cool. And then um, Alexa conversations, I was involved in the beta program for Alexa conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's actually integrated into Big Sky as of two days ago. There was sort of a release of Big Sky with conversations when they announced conversations. Um, and that 
I think the effect of that is going to be a little bit um, further into the future than like quick links or NFI. Um, uh -huh. but it's going to, as you because it's going to take a while for developers to wrap their heads around it and start integrating it into their own skills. But I think that's a, a uh, going to be a game changer. Um, it changes the way people write skills and it, I think it will change the sort of the robustness and naturalness of voice interaction. Can you explain that a little bit? Because I think I have, in case there's some listeners that aren't really familiar with what that is, Alexa Conversations, like what's the difference between that and what we have currently? What is that feature that that's, everybody's excited yeah. about? Yeah, so I mean, I mean, very sort of at a high level, mm -hmm. uh, in a regular skill, a pre-conversation skill, the developer has to sort of write out explicitly mm -hmm. all of the steps right of an interaction with alexa and you got the, the developer she has to think about what those steps are and then she has to like figure out like what the permutations are and it gets complicated very quickly and so as a result what the kinds of interactions you can have with the skill are going to be limited um, the idea behind alexa conversations is that you provide some sample dialogues. Like you literally just like write the dialogue, like you're writing a screenplay. Mm -hmm. um, like, and then you just write a bunch of them. Like here's all the ways it can go. Um, and there's some annotation for those dialogues and you have to set up certain parameters. But ideally that is then fed into like a conversations AI, mm -hmm. right? And the AI like spins out tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of possible combinations of ways conversations can go. Um, and the user can interact with that. And Alexa Conversations, for example, manages the context, like it keeps track of where you are so you can change your mind um, in the middle of a conversation at any point in the conversation. Um, and so that will just make things a lot more, well, they'll make things more conversational, hopefully. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's very exciting. It's really, really yeah. cool. And I should have mentioned also that you were, you were actually part of the Alexa Live uh, presentations as well. Um, so that's, yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah, so, yeah. That was super congrats, fun. Congrats to that uh, for that. Um, wonderful. Well, I, I think that's a, probably a good place to wrap things up. I'd love for you to share with the listeners where can they go to learn more about you and what you're doing and some of your skills? What would be some good resources for them? So a really good resource would just to find me would be on Twitter. I'm at Sarkonovich, S-Sarkonovich, all one word. Um, you can reach out to me there. Um, and you can find Big Sky on the web, but it's probably just easier to search the like Big Sky Alexa skill, and that will take you to a landing page, and you can find out all about it. Wonderful. Well, I am going to encourage all the listeners of Alexa Canada to check it out if you haven't checked it already, because... Um, it is very cool. Not only just the data that you, that you're sharing, but the experience is really, really something. So that's, that's really cool about the skill. Oh, so, um, thanks so much, Stephen, for spending some time on the podcast. Really, really appreciate it. And, um, I look forward to the next time that we can chat again. Me too. Thank you. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that discussion with, uh, Stephen Arkonovich. Like I said, you have to check out the skill. You just have to, it's one of those sort of iconic skills now, big sky, uh, Steven is really well known now as the developer of this incredible skill. So check it out, check it out. Uh, as usual, you can access the podcast, show notes, etc. at alexaincanada.ca slash podcast. And I just want to give you a quick reminder about the voice den. 
We had uh, the third episode last week. It was wonderful. It was so great to see everybody there. We had a lot of fun. The next episode, session four, is coming up August 26th, and you can register now, and you can now enter to win some of the Voicefluencer collectible NFT cards, and you can see all about that at the website, thevoiceden.com. So thank you very much for tuning in this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please uh, subscribe if you haven't. Please share this out if you haven't. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Till next time, take care.